God is your king. He is king of your hearts. Over your life. And it's a good thing that we've got a good king that we serve. Amen. I'm excited to see you all here today. We're just jumping right into the fall. And as we know, everybody likes to come back to church in the fall. And uh, it's a good thing. We love to see everybody uh, just having a great time on vacations and family things and outings. It's been a busy summer. How many of you have have had a busy summer? Ready for that back-to-school schedule, right? It's a good thing. And it's a good thing to to, uh, just enjoy God's presence on vacation and getting rest and also coming back together. Well, we have been, um, we're going to be doing a, a, a little bit of a change up. We are doing a three-week micro-series right now. So we are changing, you see on your bulletin, we are starting something new. Um, and it's three words that change your life. But before we go on to that, I want to kind of lay out just a little bit of the plan that we have set in front of us. We have three weeks, and then we're going to have September 16th. September 16th, that's our Blitz Sunday as a church, as a body, that we're going to invite people to come to church. It's healthy for us, and I believe that the person who's going to benefit the most from inviting is going to be you, honestly. Because there's people who have always wanted to invite someone, or there's someone in your life that you've wanted to invite, or God is speaking to you right now. Here's an opportunity that you don't want to miss out on. September 16th, we are preparing and planning something. We are praying for this, that God is going to bring people into His kingdom. We're going to pray for a, a, a relationship built with your friends, your family members, where they feel comforted, they feel the love of God, they feel uh, welcomed here. That we can just embrace the, your family as our family, as your friends, as our friends. And we can just demonstrate the love of God. We're not going to be pushy. We're just going to be presenting who God is, who Jesus is, and what, what he has done for us. And so September 16th, after that, we're going to start a new series. Joshua, we're all going to be on the same page, starting something new together. Going through the book of Joshua. It's going to take us about six months to go through this with a little bit of break in Christmas as we go over that. So this is going to be a a chapter by chapter through Joshua, discovering the powerful man of God, Joshua, just the incredible story. And I'm excited to dive into this. We've never done a sermon series for six months before. So we're going to be in this together. It's all new for us. And we're just going to see how God moves. And I believe I'm believing that God is going to move in us and through us as we take that call to just have a conversation with somebody, invite them to come to church and experience God. Amen. It's good. It's good to be alive and alive in Christ. He gives us life and he gives it to us more abundantly. Amen. Three words that change your life. Three words that will change your life. I'm only going to give you one word today. Just one. I'm not going to give you all three because that would ruin the next couple sermons. I'm going to start out with this one. But before I tell you what that is, I'm going to pray and then I'll let you in a little secret. Father, we ask that you come into this place as you already are. We invite you to let your Holy Spirit move inside of us, open our hearts and our minds to your convicting word that challenges us, encourages us, and motivates us to see more of you. We want you to move in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Three words that will change your life. One word today. This is the word, yes. Are you ready for yes? Are you ready for yes? That's the most powerful word that you can use. Up at the altar, when you're, or, or when you're saying your commitment and your vows to your wife or your husband, you better not say no. 
You're saying yes. There's a commitment. There's value in the words that we say, especially value in the words that we say that direct action. Because you're using a word that is committing yourself to an action in your life. And yes, is one of the most powerful words that you can use. But it has to be directed appropriately and in the right way. If you say yes to the wrong things, it could be destructive. But if you say yes to the right things, it will be productive. And sometimes we confuse our life of what is the most productive yes that we can say. Most of us say yes to financial gain. That's how we make our decisions in life. Is it how we make our, our uh, the next plan is, is this going to benefit financially? It's just the way that our world works and there's nothing wrong with that. And God says, I want you to make sure you take care of your family. That's an important role. We do that financially. So there's nothing wrong with making financial choices and that, that, that being a priority. But even before our monetary choices is our yes to God. This is the most productive choice or yes that you get to say in your life. And so saying yes to the right things is so crucial and so important and that we stop saying no to the right things and start saying yes to the right things. And that may even mean saying no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the right things. You hear where I'm headed with this? I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. And I want you to put your finger there for a minute. We're going to go over there and look at what Jesus is saying about yes. And the yes in your life. And we apply scripture. And we, we involve ourselves into what God has spoken to his disciples or in his word. And it is live, it is active, it is relevant for today. And so we get to dissect scripture and say, how does this apply to me today? The other thing I want you to do is get your bulletin out in the notes area. I want you to write down uh, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. If you need a pen, we do have pens at the back. You're going to be writing a lot today. I'm doing something a little bit different with the outline of my message. It's going to be more of a... Well, not a one-point sermon. We're going to have quite a bit. But I'm not going to preach forever. So don't worry about that. We're going to go through this pretty fast. So I want you to write 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then I want you to write 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So we're going to cover a lot. But that's because Jesus is talking to us a lot through Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 1 all the way to 11, where he calls the first disciples. But before we go there, we're just preparing us, right? Preparing us for the yes that we have to say in our lives. Every opportunity every uh, uh, promotion every every good thing that is a result of your life has been of an effect of yes to an opportunity every uh, uh, financial gain or influence or leadership or spiritual increase has been because you said yes the power of yes is true now i'm not just saying some sort of like words here i'm talking about biblical principles and utilizing yes as a biblical principle in our life, your human uh, uh, emotion, your human intellect, and directing that to a yes and an affirmation to what God already has for you and planned for you. Before you were born, he has great things in store for us to do. And he has already planned for us to say yes to those things. He didn't set up things for your future for you to say no to. He has set up things for you to say yes to. But to say yes, there's requirements. There's a couple of requirements when we say yes. Whether we think this or not, it's there inside of you. Before you make the decision to say yes, and I mean really make a decision, because sometimes we can say yes without thinking about it. 
And then we end up saying no to the thing that we said yes to. But God says, I want your yes to be yes and your no to be no. So we're trying to say, okay, I want to make a good, solid decision on making sure I say yes. And how many know you make one decision of yes, you may have to affirm that every single day, that yes, right? That's, that's a big commitment, and that's what we do. That's the same thing with following Christ. We don't just say yes one time at the altar. It's a daily living, daily uh, laying down your life for Christ, taking up your cross. It's a daily thing of saying yes to Jesus, no to ourself, no to the world, world's pattern of living, yes to the transformation of God inside of us. It's a series of yeses, and there's a requirement to this. Every time you have a yes, that's, that's a yes and, a, and an affirmation towards God or towards anything in your life, you, there's a requirement, and that is a belief in the potential after you say yes. That you're believing in something greater after you make that statement of saying, yes, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to take this next step despite the lack of evidence or facts or proof. There is something that you are saying, okay, yes, I'm going to walk in this direction now. I may have some details, but I haven't lived that out yet. And I'm going to go ahead and go forward and I'm going to live out this yes in my life. And it requires you to step out into the unknown. As much as you think things are known, there's always the unknown. How many of you made a decision thinking you had everything planned out and only find out later, man, that was not at all how I had things planned out. So every time that you make that decision of yes, there you are stepping into the unknown. Let me just say this. That's where faith thrives. Faith does not thrive in the known, but in the unknown. And if you're uncomfortable with going forward in the unknown... Well, then you're in good company because it's never comfortable to be uncomfortable. But we should start getting comfortable with the uncomfortable because we know that that's where faith is and faith thrives is not having the answers, is not knowing for sure what the next step is, not being ready, but stepping forward in faith and saying yes to God, saying yes to the good things, the right things in your life, not the wrong things means as Christians that we're ready to say yes to trusting God no matter what the outcome, right? Can we just release that outcome, outcome to God? Yes, God, I'm going to release that to you and let you take care of the scoreboard, what that looks like on the other end. It's, it's knowing that God never invites us on a journey that you've already got figured out. He invites you on a journey that you don't have figured out. And that he develops us and, and, and processes us and, and, and molds us in the journey. The incorrect thinking is that you are molded right where you are. That's wrong. See, we have wishful thinking that God's going to change us and move us and mold us and shape us right where we're at. And never get out of our comfort zone. The molding and shaping and cutting and pruning, it all happens in the uncomfortable zone. That uncomfortable zone that you live in, that you want for, that you're wanting and praying for, lives in the uncomfortable knowing. And the question is today, are we going to say yes to pursuing God in those uncomfortable areas of our life? Because I'll be honest with you, most, most people, I'll tell you right out, most people don't like to live in that uncomfortable place. And the most uncomfortable place that they find themselves with God is really, and this is unfortunate, up at the altar. And that's the only place where they made a decision to say yes, but outside of salvation, they're saying no to God. And God says, I have given you so much. Now you've been, you, you, you have dedicated your life to me. Stop saying no. I want you to go into this area of unknown, uncomfortable place. And I want to show you how much I have for you. I have so much for you to, to have. But are we giving God permission to move by saying yes? 
How many times do we not give God the permission to move in our lives because it's just uncomfortable when we say, God, no, I'm not ready yet. Don't move. I don't want to step there. I'm not sure. I don't have the answers. I don't know what is going to happen if I do this. I don't know what happens when I have this conversation. I don't know what I'm, what's going to happen if I make this action at work. Lord, I, I just don't know. I'm not ready. But God says, I've got so much for you in this one little area of your life that's a yes. And it sounds big, but after you accomplish that, it's going to seem so small. And I'm going to reveal myself to you more and more and more after the yes and after the yes, after the yes, after the next yes. And you're going to get used to being comfortable with saying yes to those areas where you used to feel uncomfortable. Is that connecting the dots? Okay, this is exactly what Jesus is doing when he calls the disciples in Luke chapter 5. Simon, Peter, right? One of the most well-known apostles there is, the disciple of Christ. I mean, we... We, we read about him. We think, man, I want that type of faith. We want to be, live that kind of uh, person for Christ. But there's a series of questions that Jesus even asked him to prepare him in the way of following him. That was a big commitment. And we see it in a short amount of time. But he didn't, Jesus didn't just call him to say, come follow me. He gradually gave him opportunities to say yes to. So we're going to read this over. And we're going to look at quite a few points that what Jesus was doing in his method, and we can apply that to what maybe God is doing in your life and see the trend and see how God is moving and shaping inside of you so that you'll be empowered to say yes to the next step that's in front of you right now. You ready? Luke chapter 5, verse 1, going through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. I mean, he was just preaching. He was preaching the word of God. He's preaching the kingdom of heaven. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats that belonged to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, I've worked all hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boat, boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at, at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his com- companions were astonished at the catch of, uh, of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. An amazing account of how Jesus called a fisherman. Somebody who really didn't have much to offer in the eyes of society as a Religious, he, he wasn't a rabbi, he wasn't a learner of the schooling of the Torah. and He, he, he was a, just a, a common fisherman, a common man, just like you and I. And Jesus calls him by preparing him for the greatest work that God had for him in his life, that he already knew what was in store for Peter, and he gives him a series of opportunities to say yes to. And people... 
We are praying for opportunities, but are we willing to say yes when it, when it comes to it? We're praying for miracles, but are we willing to say yes to those difficult things that allow the miracle to come? Are we ready to say yes? And if, God wants, if you want to do great things for God, we've got to be prepared to say yes. And we have to stop saying no. Stop saying no to those things that we should be saying yes to. Are we that radical to say yes to God with anything? Are we that radical to just believe in God for those things in our life that we don't have figured out? Are we that radical to believe that God can do a miracle to workplace? Are we that radical thinking that God can do a miracle uh, in us and through us through our conversations that we have? Are we that radical that we can believe that that person that is so far gone, so far away from God, in fact, they hate God, they go out of their way to accuse God and to blame God? Are we that radical to believe that God could do a miracle in their life and allow us to be that instrument to speak into their life? Are we that radical to say, God, you can use me in any way, in any shape, in any form, and I'm ready to take a step forward in faith, and I don't care what the, what the outcome is on what it looks like for me. I don't care if it hurts my reputation. I don't care if it hurts my work. I don't care if I have to get up and I have to move my family. I'm going to follow you. Are we that ready to say yes? Are we that prepared to say yes to Jesus? Are we that ready to serve Christ and say yes? And it's the big things and it's the small things. And how many of us in life, we realize that it's the small things that make the difference. Because it's the small things that turn into the big things. And in order to realize the fresh fruit in your life, the fresh fruit, stop living off the old fruit. There's a new produce, a fresh fruit in your life that God has for you already in store. Are you willing to say yes to that? The blessings that God has already right in front of you. Are you prepared to answer them with a yes, even if it's difficult? So when do we say yes? This is where we're going to break down Peter's experiences and apply it to ourselves, and it's going to go rather quickly. When do we say yes when there's a need? You may be thinking, I don't know where to say yes. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know what to do. When do you say yes? You say yes when you see a need. You see, as, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, the crowd began to grow. He was preaching. He was teaching the kingdom of God. And as the crowd began to gather around and people began to notice and began to draw closer to him, the people on the outside of that crowd couldn't hear. They're standing on their tippy toes because they can't see Jesus over the heads. And it, it began to be something that was hindering the message of Christ, what he was speaking to people. And he goes to, to the, one of the boats and he asks Peter, Put out from shore, there was a need. And he went to Peter. And Peter knew that there was a need at hand. And so he responded with a yes to Jesus because he could see that Jesus needed a platform. He needed the water to carry that voice over like a microphone so that the people, the crowds that were gathering could hear. When I go up to Kazi Reservoir, it's my favorite place to go. You can hear people Ta- talking and chatting all throughout that whole reservoir. It's a it's a, a, a wakeless uh, reservoir, which means there's no motorized boats up there. So it's quiet, it's calm, it's still, and you can hear people whispering. Jesus gets out to the shore, probably for just a, a few yards back, begins to speak to the people. They can now hear him, and now people can see him. There was a need that, P- that Peter saw and was willing to say yes to the need of what God was asking him to do. If you're asking, where do I serve? What do I do? Where's my next yes? Look, there's a need around you, I promise you. And God just may be speaking to you in that need. 
It may be that person that is just hurting and that is just crying. They're by themselves who keeps saying they're okay and they're fine. And maybe God's just saying, speaking to you in a soft voice, that you know that they're not okay. Just go ahead and call them. Maybe there's a need of someone who just needs to sit down and process life. And so you call them and say, I want to set up a coffee date. And you don't give up until that schedule is aligned. And just to show and represent that you're a listening ear. Maybe it's praying or sharing a scripture verse. And I'm telling you all things that people have done for me recently that have meant the world. And as we do this together and we begin to share, we begin to give a need. It is so important for the kingdom and the body of Christ. We are to share one another's burdens. We are to come together and shoulder one another's uh, hurts and pains. Because you're not in this alone. And we're often too, too by ourselves and isolated. And God says, and your next yes is a need that's around you. Maybe it's just simply watching someone else's kids so mom and dad can go on the date. Maybe it's sponsoring a kid to go to youth camp. Maybe it's helping in the kids' ministry. Maybe it's serving the community of uh, where our community connect functions that we do. There is so many areas of need, and God will begin to uh, open our eyes to see what's around us, the opportunities to where we can give. And when you give, you receive. When there's a need and you step in, you receive the blessing. It's just the way that God works because you just can't outgive God. He's that good. So pay attention to what the need is around you. It just might be God opening your eyes to the next opportunity of yes. Number two. Say yes to giving what you had, what you have. What do you have to give? Now, many people think this is where we struggle. God, I just don't have anything. I'm not a good speaker. I don't lead music. I, I, I don't even like people. I don't even know what to do. Give what you have. See, Jesus, he didn't come to Peter and saying, Peter, I need a fleet of ships for you to, to give me so that I can use that to go across the whole globe and begin to preach the message all, all global. Now, I need, need you to go find me some of that. Well, he didn't have that. He had a boat, a common fishing boat that belonged to Simon. And Peter just said yes to what he had, what he possessed, what was already there. Jesus asked that of him and he's asking the same for us. What do you have? Just give that over to God. Are you a good listener? Maybe you're not a good talker. Maybe you don't have that wise counsel, but you are a good listener. You may be the exact thing that somebody needs, just somebody to listen to. You may not have the right words all the time, but God will give you the words at the right time, at the right place. We operate in faith because it's scary, right? If you don't know what to say, you don't know if you have the right answers. In fact, you, have, you don't even have the answers to your own life. How can you go help somebody with the answers in their life? God will use you and begin to speak. This is how it works, I promise. You don't have the answers in your life. You'll begin, God will set up somebody in your life. You'll begin to speak to that person as God speaks to you and as you're speaking to somebody else, God is are like working in you on behind the scenes and you begin to think, man, this is good stuff. I should be using this for me. This is answering a lot of questions that I have. Have you ever been there? Stepping out in faith and just saying, giving what you have and God will give you more. He will bring the increase. He will give you the words. All we give Him is our heart and our yes. 
And as long as we just give that over to God, he will multiply. Maybe you are a good uh, uh, a teacher. Maybe you are uh, uh, someone who can give wise counsel. Maybe you are someone who, who just understands concepts, hardships, and can make, the, make things work, and you have an outside perspective where you can really counsel people. God wants to use that in you for mentoring. Maybe you've only used that in the workplace, but maybe God wants to use that for the spiritual force, right? You can do some real healing in someone's life, and you don't have to be an upstanding, per, uh, out, outgoing person, just someone who has wisdom and can speak to people on a relational level, one-on-one. Maybe that's where you thrive. Maybe it's a small group setting. Maybe it's being vulnerable. Maybe it's someone, your gift is honestly just being transparent. And so when you're transparent, it opens up the doors for other people to be transparent, and you'd be able to identify and connect with someone else. You have so much to offer, and many times we neglect these things that you already possess because you don't see it as a gift where other people see it as something useful and wish they, they had it. If you're a fun and outgoing, let's just say that you're that man and you love to meet new people and, and, and you like to greet people and it's, it's just something that recharges you, man, we could use you on the greeting team. That would be fantastic. Maybe you're really great with, with kids and you, you just really love to have fun, act silly and teach God's word and be, you have some principles. Man, we could use you in the kids program. But man, if you don't like being around emotional teenagers, don't go and get yourself involved in the youth program. Say yes to the right things. Right? And God will use that in you. And he will use that gift to advance the kingdom of God. No matter how small. And he has given you something to use. Where's the need? And then what do you have to give? And he's not going to ask you to give something that you don't possess. But he'll give you what you need. And number three. Here's a big one. Say yes when it's completely the wrong timing. I think this is probably the biggest trap of why we say no, because it's just not the right time. I'm going to let you in a secret. It's never the right time to say yes. We see Peter. He's in the boat or he's outside of the boat, just just mending the nets. Now, the nets was important to keep uh, care of because that was their way of making money. If the nets were broken, there was stuff all in it and all tangled up. They couldn't catch fish. They couldn't catch fish. They couldn't sell it in the market and make their make uh, their money. So this was their livelihood. See, he's working in the middle of what Jesus is preaching. While Jesus is preaching to the crowds, they're working. And Jesus calls the only person that's not standing there listening, the person who's working and listening at the same time, and says, I need you to do something for me. And how many of us are so busy, we could say, God, I'm already doing something. I'm already busy. In fact, I'm preparing today for tomorrow because already I'm overwhelmed and I just have too much to do. This is too much for me. And if I go and do what you're asking me to do, all of this stuff that needs to get done is just going to it's going to pile up and I can't handle anymore. It's the wrong time to be asking me to do anything. Have we been there? God says, I don't care because I'm going to give you what you need. And when you say yes to God, he blesses you in ways that you are already looking for. He will grant you more in the area that you are preparing by yourself. And when Jesus comes along, you say yes to him. The other stuff, right, when we seek him first, all these things are added unto us. And then we have a direction towards Christ. When we say yes to the right things, the other things follow but they begin to have a different meaning and purpose in our life just like how jesus transformed the purpose and meaning of peter's fish in his life because he said yes to god at the wrong time it wasn't on his time 
Pay attention to when God asks you because it will never be the right time. It's just like having kids or getting married. You never feel ready. I don't know if I'm ready to have kids yet. I don't know if I'm ready to get married. God's going to ask you to do things, to say yes, no matter how small it is, and it's going to feel like the wrong moment. Pay attention to those times because that might be right where God is asking you to say yes you know why he does this? Because that's the greatest area of faith for you to step out. If it was the opportune time, you say, yes, okay, I've got my ducks in a row. I can do this. I've carved out all this time. And okay, God, now from three to five on Thursdays and Fridays, I can, I can, I can say yes to this commitment. There's no faith right there or not as much. God is asking us to step out into those uncomfortable zones. And let's face it, our schedules are busy and they're full. And God may be asking you to step out in faith and a full schedule. Number four, say yes after you've experienced failure. This is a big one. These are big. When to say yes? When you've experienced failure. Every single one of us have experienced the heartache and the pain of failure in your life. The past decisions, the past the things that you have experienced have been hurtful. And let's face it, you just don't want to go there again. You don't want to repeat it. And so we live in a way, operate out of fear because we don't want to go there. We're afraid that if we make the same decision in the same place, the same type of things that we're trying to, to, to go forward in, we repeat that. We just can't handle that type of heartache. So fear then controls our answer, and our answer is no longer a yes, it's a no based off of our past experiences of failure. Our finances. We failed in our finances. God, how can I trust you in my finances? Lord, I don't know if I can give that over to you. Fail in our anger. Failure to control lust. Failure to control our schedules, our time. And it's left us defeated. We feel robbed of our life. We don't know how we can serve God because all we can see is the failed past. And we're just trying to get over our failures so that we can say yes. And God's not interested of you fixing yourself so you can say yes. He's interested in saying you saying yes in the middle of your failure. It's a concept that we haven't grasped yet many times. And so that area of anger that you haven't controlled yet, you give that over to God. God's not just going to eliminate that. He's going to use that. Redirect that anger towards something that you should be upset about. Instead of getting upset about your job and coworkers and people, you're getting upset about Satan and the enemy's attacks on your family. You, you get mad about, about sin and the destructiveness and the patterns of this world and all the things that's going on. You know where your anger should be directed. That's what God does. He uses your past failures and he turns it into a victory. Your finances have been a wreck and you can't get control of it. And so you're not able to trust God. God, I just got to get my finances together so I can serve you in this way. I know it is, but let me get this in a row. He says, just trust me in this and I will bring you a new set of eyes. And I will, I will take care and bless you in your finances in this area. He will give you wisdom. Thinking, oh, you know, go for a Dave Ramsey course and kind of help put the pieces back together. There's things that will come into our lives that he will place inside of us to gain wisdom. 
Maybe it's the area of lust. You just can't get control of it. You feel so condemned. You feel so convicted. You just feel like you're nothing. You've just robbed. How can I be a, a person of God if I've got this in my heart and in my mind? How can I ever even serve God? I've got to get this under control before I can even say yes to God for the smallest thing. That's the lie from Satan. And God will replace that in you as you say yes to him on a regular basis. And just say yes to him for an authentic, genuine love for Christ first. And then all those things will be given into a different area and you give you new eyes a new heart he's going to do a healing inside you in the process of you saying yes but we're so afraid to say yes because we are human and we fail and we have experiences of failure and those are the things that we focus on unfortunately and it hinders us from saying yes to the future he will increase your rest if you're tired and you're exhausted and you've been working your fingers down to the bone and you just have no more to give. You say yes to God at that moment. He's going to give you a peace and a rest that you've been searching for. But because you say yes to God, there's a newfound peace that gives you and sustains you to be able to do so much more than what you were ever able to do on your own. It's just the miracle of God working inside you. And I can't explain it because it really is those unexplainable things that God does inside of your heart when you say yes. But we don't experience that miracle because we have been conditioned to say no. Because we want to do, take care of this stuff first so we can say yes. And God says, I want you to say yes now. When they had done so, Bringing in the fish or t- taking the, the nets. They caught such a large number of fish. Right? This whole time, Peter was like, Jesus, you don't even know what you're talking about. This, this, this fish has no, or this, this lake has no fish in it. There's nothing. But if you tell me to cast the nets into the water again, I'll go ahead and do it. And he's kind of reluctantly following God, but he does it. Reluctantly following Jesus' words, but he does it. When he does that, The abundance of fish come, begin to break the nets. They call in the other boat and come in and say, help us with this. And then both boats are so full of fish that they begin to sink and barely make it to shore. They're struggling. Number five. Saying yes. When you're ready. To have more blessings than you can imagine. When are you ready to say yes? When you're just ready for more. I'm ready for more. See, when they caught the fish, they brought it into the boat. It began to sink. They had to catch another. They have to take another boat and put that in and all the fish in there. That began to sink. This is what we call a double blessing. It's not just overflowing in one area, but in the other area of your life. And it's not just in where you're at, but in other people. So when you begin to say yes to God, it influences others. And you begin to be a blessing to other people around you where the harvest becomes greater, not just in your life, but in the lives surrounding you. So do you want to make an impact for God? I know you do. Are you ready to receive more from God, not just in your life, but in your in your family's lives? And you see God working in people around you. God will multiply. That's what he does. It's the miracle that only God does. And it only comes after we say, yes, I will go into that deep area where there's fish. Yes, I'm going to go past my past experiences. I'm going to invite you in to this area of my life. And I'm going to let you transform and recreate my past. And so that my future looks totally 
different because your miracles are there. And I can point back to what I try to do all on my own. And I come back and I look at what I what you say for me to do. And I follow after that. And you bring the blessing and the harvest that I was trying to do on my own. But God, you brought it. When you say yes to God, you are inviting the blessings from God into your life. Because we can't outgive God because he owns the thousand cattle on the hills. His goodness never runs dry. God is a rewarder and he is one who blesses beyond what is measurable. He, it is immeasurable and is almost overwhelming. Like the fish in the boat, how many of you have been overwhelmed by God's goodness, by God's blessings, by his provision, by his love? And just the simple fact of understanding his grace and his forgiveness in your mind becomes so overwhelming with you. You just simply focus on that and it almost moves you to tears because you think, who am I that I could be treated so good by a loving father? And there's your first five. You ready for your second half? And this is going to go even faster. So you ready? Because this is kind of a recap. But listen, it's a little bit different, a little bit of recap. These aren't the wins. These are just a recap. Okay? So when you say yes, here's some outcomes that happen real fast. You unlock the miracles in your life. The best way to block a miracle in your life is to say no. Stop blocking the miracle and give God permission and say yes to what, what he has in store for you and prepared for you in advance. Trust in his perfect timing, not your perfect timing. Start when you're not ready. It's a big key. Start when you're not ready. Number two, yes is already deep down with inside you. When you let him in the deep, Peter was already willing to say yes to God. It was already, the answer was there. He kind of helped it come out a little bit. It was, he was already wanting to say yes, even when it didn't make sense, even when it didn't make reason, even when he was scared, even though he had a past experience, if it didn't working before, he just gave up his own uh, 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 I don't even know where the word is. It just left me. But he gave up and he let God produce what he uh, couldn't do on his own. And so he already had the yes within him. Yes leads to more. And I think the question that we keep asking is what's the worst that could happen? We need to transfer that and change that to what's the best that could happen. When you say yes, the best things are in your future. When you say yes to God, even in the smallest things, the best things are going to come. Saying yes means invite into your life the ability to learn and to find out new things that God is going to show you. And when you find those things out, there is a new reward, a new blessing that God is teaching you and shaping you along the way. And number four, here's a big one, big one I want us to listen to. The yes to the right things grow you, stretch you, and even prove difficult. Just because God asks you to do something doesn't mean it's going to be easy. God may ask you to do something that's difficult. And just because it's difficult doesn't mean that you were supposed to say no when you should have said yes. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean that God doesn't have that in his plans. But that's just an opportunity for him to grow you and stretch you. And in fact, it will even cause you to break at the seams just a little bit and cause you to reach out for help because the harvest is so great that it's going to require other people around you to bring in that double blessing. And it's going to be difficult. You're going to struggle to, to, to get the blessings of God and move that into the direction where he wants you upon the shore. And those fish are going to be so over, overwhelmed and, and, and loaded into your sack that's the blessings of god that's the fruit that's the people and the influence that you have in your life but it might be difficult are you still willing to say yes
One of the biggest lies that Satan throws at you is that if it's difficult, then you should have said no. That's wrong. If that was the case, Jesus would have never went to the cross. Five. Last one. We say yes because life is just too short to miss out on God opportunities. Don't ask why, but ask why not. Life's just too short. At the end of your life, none says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I know all of us here want to look back and see that we have taken the opportunities and said yes to God as in, any, in every area of our life. To just say yes. I'm constantly having conversations with people about how God is opening their eyes to how many opportunities are set before them on a daily basis. And God will do that. He will give you a new perspective. Opportunities to pray. Opportunities to share. Opportunities to share your story. To share who God is. There's amazing opportunities that begin to open up in front of us. That, and we'll just be amazed. It's almost too much opportunities. It's, it's amazing. It's too short to miss the opportunities. I, I want to close with a story, personal story. I know I didn't share a whole lot of personal stories today, but a guy that I worked with named Barney in construction when I was framing, I wanted to be a uh, missionary that would go and build churches and orphanages and schools um, across the globe. That was kind of my desire. So I was in construction and I was working to um, get my general contractor's license. And that was kind of my goal to do that. And I worked with a guy named Barney, and he was an older gentleman, um, and he, was, he had health problems. He had heart um, issues. He had to have heart, atti- heart attacks while we were pouring concrete. His heart would start fluttering. He'd have to lay down, and um, it, was, it was in a bad shape. And he was one of those tough guys that just doesn't go to the doctor, right? Don't take me to the hospital. Don't take me to the doctor. He just needs some rest and a glass of water. He was this kind of guy, and he was just rough. And he was he was a he was an angry guy, and he was not nice. He was just a mean kind of guy, and I really didn't connect well with him at all. Um, but I was transitioning out of that. Worked with him a few years, and I was, my brother-in-law and I were starting a, a our own landscaping business. And so I transitioned from there. I gave him a couple months. Hey, we're going to start this in a couple months. And during that couple months, there was a release, and we began to talk about God. I began to talk with, share with him. And at, at church, I'd, and during Sunday school, I began to ask questions. How do I share with him? How do I, what do I say? And I, I began this conversation of just saying yes to, to opening that up, asking him what he thought about this, asking questions. And we began this dialogue. And um, it, was, it was very eye-opening to me to see God soften his heart. And I had quit, or my last day of work there, was not a wrap-up of the conversations I'd like to have. There was still so much more that I wanted to say, and we just kind of left it out on the table open. And I felt God that was just kind of challenging me to go to his home. His name was Barney, and he lived near us. And I put it off, busy. We had so much to do. There was things going on, and it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But it, it was almost every single day. I feel like I need to go, Katie, let's, let's go give him cookies, and I just want to see how he's doing, and just kind of finish this conversation with God. At least I can, I could tell him about God in a, in a, in a sense or in, a, in, a, in a, a way that he can respond to it because before it was just conversation. There was no like, are you ready? Can I pray with you with this? You ready to give your life over? I, I didn't have that. And that bothered me. And so for two months, it was, it was just there. I knew, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go next week. Well, that two months, um, 
Barney had a heart attack on the, on the job site, drove himself to the hospital and collapsed in the parking lot and died. And I know, I know that there was an opportunity missed there. So God, teach me to just take every opportunity. And I don't know what the conversation, how that would have, I don't know if he would have given his life to Christ. That's, that's, that's not the point. The point is, did I take the opportunity to give him an opportunity to respond? And I didn't. And that has bothered me enough. It bothered me enough to say, God, am I, am I held accountable to that? To say no. Because honestly, we have something. We have an answer. And it's the best news and it's the best answer and it's the only answer that we can give that can give hope to people. You know, we're talking about a dying world and our friends and our family members are dying we know that there's no hope for eternity in heaven w- without Jesus. And there's so many people around us. The reality of this, let it settle in. There are people that are on their way to hell. And you may be the only opportunity for Christ to come and, or for them to hear the message. Life's too short. We only get this once and we see it all the time. How, how many of us, the older we get, we realize how, how blessed we are to be living it every day. More, the older I get, the more I see uh, people dying in tragic ways. You never know. Life's too short to miss out. The influence you have is so incredibly huge. And it may just take one conversation. It may just take one, one moment of your time. And the life is changed forever. Let's stand together. Just to speak directly and clear to you, God is not interested in robbing you or taking away from you. He's only here to add and to multiply. And to take what you have and use that to change people's lives forever. It's a big responsibility. Are we willing to say yes to that? I mean, this is huge. And yes, we come to church every Sunday and we do the good. We do this and it's good. But it's it's that decision that we make on a daily basis on the smallest things that can make an impact for eternity. It is so big. Honestly, I'm going to ask if there's somebody here, and I don't even care if there's eyes open, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I can't miss out on an opportunity. If, if you have never just said, God, I'm ready to just give you my life, my decisions, the way that I think, the way that I feel, the way that I live my life, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know that my life is, I just need it to be different, and I want it to be meaningful, and this is, for you. Is, is there anybody here that would just say that? Yeah? Amen.
Anybody else? I want you to know something. Now I'm speaking to you. God's speaking to you. He knew you were going to be here today. He's planned for you a moment just like this to redirect and to change your life. And when you say yes to God, your life is just going to be completely new and transformed. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. And I know it's scary to step out of the boat to say. Have all these people here? You're the only person that raised your hand. That tells me that you're you're serious about this. Because if you weren't serious, you wouldn't raise your hand. And I even said, if everybody's eyes are open, you don't care. What you care about is a new life with Christ. And God sees you and He cares about you and He loves you so much. I don't know what your history is. I don't know what your pain is. But He is, whether or not you have realized this, He has carried you through some difficult things and He wants to carry you into the next phase of your life that is so much richer than what is behind you. And I don't know what that is. And He has some steps for you that He has, he has already prepared the way and today is that first step. And it seems like every altar call is just a little bit different. We believe these are altar calls. That's what we believe in this. They're basically just opportunities for people to step forward and just admit that they, they need Jesus. They need God. They need God in their life. They want God to be real in their lives. They're ready to take those steps to, to, to understand and know who God is. So every time that we do this, it's just a little bit different. So with all of us that are standing together, I want you to know that we're in this boat with you. And that we are behind you. And we're going to pray over you. And I'm going to come down there and I'm going to pray with you. And I ask you to lead in prayer. I want to keep the microphone on. Because I think it's important for all of us to hear and be in support with you. And I want to ask you to pray. Just repeat after me. And there's no magical prayer, but it's the prayer of a miracle. And the miracle is that God's spirit just begins to penetrate into your heart. And you just give him your life. And that miracle is that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he's given you a new life, a new set of eyes, a new perspective. So we're just going to do this together. And when we're done praying, we're going to celebrate because heaven is rejoicing. It says the angels are just rejoicing over you. And we will always go after the one in the 99, right? I mean, a goal as a church, as a body. When we say church, we, we're talking about people. And this is why we exist. is because we want to see people like you just enter into a new life with God. And it's going to be amazing. And every single person here can share that with you and say it's an amazing journey. And it's a journey and it's a process and it's a process of many yeses from here on out to just saying yes to God. It's the most exciting adventure that you will ever live. Amen? We're going to pray together, so hang tight. I want you to hear what God is doing. So tell everybody your name. My name's Aisha. Aisha. Mm-hmm. Aisha, we're just going to pray with you. We're in this together. And we're just going to, um, I want you to just repeat after me. I'm going to repeat after words of just acknowledgement of our shortcomings, which we call sin. We just give that over to God and we repent of that. And we ask God to come in with his grace and his forgiveness and ask for his um, saving power.
And he does that every time. He says, when we call upon him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. That's what we're doing. Aisha, you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's pray. And you repeat after me. Dear God, I recognize that I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my old life. Today, I make a decision to love you, to love your word, and to follow after you. I'm making a decision that I will serve you. And that I will, I will commit from this day forward to seek after you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. And I embrace your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I declare that I am set free in Jesus' name. I love you, Lord, with all my heart from this day forward. In Jesus' name, we said together, amen. Amen. God is so good. And what he's doing here. He is preparing, I believe, for all of us to see and to desire to see that happen to someone you love, to someone you know, who needs it. It's so important. The message that you have is the best message and it changes lives. I want to pray for all of us because I'm telling you, this is not a pastor thing. This is a us thing. And God has not called pastors. He's called all of us as disciples to go. Now it's our responsibility to just say, yes, I'm going to go. We're just in this together. Father, I thank you for Aisha. For the blessing of sending her here today, God, to hear the message that you have spoken to her heart. God, just minister to her. Continue to protect her. Because I know that Satan's attacks will come and try to penetrate and cause doubt in her mind. And God, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you come in and prepare and fight those battles before. Like I know that you will. Jesus, every single one of us, give us a vision that is greater than ourselves. Expand our territory as we go out in your name as we represent Jesus, your son. Oh, God, to the best of our ability, God, and your spirit just moves and operates in us, God. We want to follow you. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. And we thank you for the life that we get to have and the adventure that we are on. God, you have provided joy and peace and excitement into our life. Lord, let us not have dry bones, but bones that are ready to be moved by you, God. As warriors in this place, God, we stand together and we push back 
darkness into this community. We push back, Satan. We are not on the defense. We are on the offense. And we are fighting with the sword of the Spirit. And that is your word. And your word never returns void. And God, we just thank you for the victories that lay ahead. In Jesus' name, we sit together. Amen. Amen. Aisha, hang tight. We've got something for you. My wife and I have something for you to kind of help you in this process. We want to talk with you. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful, fabulous victory day today. In Jesus' name, be dismissed.